It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back with the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. It is Friday. It's been my last podcast for a while. Got paternity leave next week, so everything hey. is up to Gordon. Everything's up to Gordon. The success or failure of this podcast for next week and then in subsequent weeks when I'm off as well. We'll be in the hands of Mr. Mack, longtime track and field media veteran. Good luck, Gordon. You having a baby? Do you know if it's a boy or girl? Is, I'll be there. Boy. Boy. Boy? Do you have a name? Yes. Rounding out the crew. Do you have a name? Could change. There's Could been change. some 11th Last hour minute. changes in the past. Yeah, I'll wait till next One yard line. time I'm on the show. Yeah. She went. She came up to me a couple of days ago because we thought we had settled on one. And then she said, how about? And then she said another name. Uh, and I thought, wait, are we changing this now? I thought we had already agreed. And she's like, yeah, I know. I just, just throwing that out there. You never can be too sure with, with when kid you number one. That? Oh, some people don't even decide when they're in the hospital. And they'll just write it down as baby Mac or whatever. Just your baby and then your last name. Yeah. yeah. You can wait. You can wait. Sometimes people want to see the baby because they're like, oh, what do they look like? Which I thought is weird because the answer to that is always like, they look like a baby. A baby. Uh, it's not like, oh, it looks like an Allison or, oh, it looks like a Matt. It just looks like a baby. I, the previous two had names going in, went, went in there, executed the plan, named them the names, and then off the races. Because you got to do all the stuff with registering them for this and getting on your insurance and social security and blah, blah. You don't want anything to hold it up of like, I, I don't know what the name is. That's just a little parenting tip here in the beginning of the show for those folks out there who don't have kids yet. Have Try to know the name ahead of time. Pre-made. Yeah. Do you think it's, yeah. isn't it kind of weird that like, you're like, the name is like something that they get forever. It's like a, it's just like a decision that you guys like, just think about like, oh, let's call it Jack. All right. Yeah. Jack it is. And yeah. then it's his name for life. You kind of want to consult with them, but you can't. Yeah. One of my, a friend of mine, from way back, I saw a post. 
he recently had a kid and he had this paragraph long post on Instagram about the meaning of the name. And this is what it means in this language. And this is what it means in this language. And this proverb, it traces back to all this. And it was great. It all made sense and connected. My previous two kids, we just liked the sound of the name. They thought the name was cool. So if our kids ever come to us and say, hey, what does our name mean in Gaelic? I'm not going to know. I'm just going to say, hey, I looked up the social security list of top thousand baby names last year, and I wanted something in the 50 to 100 range. We wanted the initials to, to make sense or whatever, and off and running. Like We didn't, yeah. Some people put way more time into it than others. We just were like, okay. Like with my daughter's name, in my opinion, girls' names are a lot easier to come up with than boys' names, but that's for a different podcast. I had a list of about 10 acceptable names and I had no way to narrow them down. So I would text my friends every week on a group chat and be like, all right, each week you can, survivor style, you can eliminate one name until we got down to four. So I let them narrow it down to four. Hopefully my daughter doesn't listen to this in the future if she hates her name because <laughs> then she can she can blame me. But there was there was an embarrassment of riches. Boys, a little tougher, a little tougher. And in fact, here's the last parenting tip. If you have two names you like, the temptation is going to be to go, okay, I'll give one of the names as their first name and the other name as the middle name. But if you're going to have a second kid, keep that, put that other name in the back pocket because yeah. you don't want to burn both the names on the first kid. There you go. It's true. That's a good point. Yeah, you gotta. It's like you know draft assets. You know you gotta make sure you use your your <laughs> second round picks wisely. You don't want to burn them all in on a Jimmy Butler trade. You gotta save it for a bigger, bigger goose down the line. So yeah, you want to get much Victor yesterday, and then give them yeah. away for basically nothing and have none Depends. of it make sense. You want to be like the Oklahoma City Thunder. You want to have every pick. How are the Texas relays? Texas relays were good. Uh, I actually didn't watch most of it because I was kind of in the back area just hanging out with JoJo before her big race. Uh, but the beautiful day, man, I was talking to some of the coaches and they're like, it is never this nice of running weather in Texas. You know, because mm -hmm. yeah. I remember during like the West prelims when uh, they were hosting Texas, people were just like, the heat mm. was just brutal and like the humidity and all that and all that stuff. But it felt like I was in palo alto type weather yeah. it was beautiful night no sun it's good time uh but yeah jojo ran well she went 17 15 mixing it up with some wins with the young with the young bucks it's fun to watch her it's weird it's weird watching your significant other and once your colleague in the media running with the people that they covered <laughs> it, it was just like a whole weird 360 yeah. moment but it was fun watching uh we had a good time yeah. So. Yeah. I saw her I saw her T first page has been updated, so that's good. <laughs> and then I'm gonna I'm gonna send something to Tila Stapaya to make sure that seventeen fourteen is there. Sticking her nose in it from the gun. That was awesome. Yeah. I saw the splits. Yeah, I mean a year ago she was probably running like eighteen thirty. And mm -hmm. now seventeen fifteen. It's not bad. No. Pandemic brought no, up that... one good thing, right? And as a fast JoJo. So that's that's all that matters. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I'm looking at the up, weather. Yeah, next up Go it's ahead. gonna be hitting the roads and getting ready for a fall marathon. And I think that's where she's really okay. gonna excel. Track was more about a hobby and have fun and see what could happen. But I think the roads is the real place where we can see crazy improvement. That's the plan. Okay. 
I'm not her coach or anything. I'm just super supportive uh, team manager. I'm, I carry her bags, you know, holding agent? water bottles. Agent? Are you the agent? Agent. Yeah. Can I don't get, get any fees, races? though. I don't get any fees. Get I guess my fees are yeah. I'll buy dinner. That's the fee I get. <laughs> can you get into the pre-classic? I can't, um, I'm working on that one. Okay, I'm going to have to wait and see if they have a, an extra spot. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll just You're give right them my about the weather, past, though. And then she just hops on the track. <laughs> I'm looking at these temperatures, man. And I have memories of the last two years of Texas Relays when I went in, I guess it would have been 19 and 18, and just sweating out there. It just being really, really hot. But yeah, today is only supposed to get up to 80, mid-80s. And same thing with, with Saturday. Um, so warm enough for the sprinters, but not terribly uncomfortable. So if you're a distance runner, uh, I guess you wouldn't have thought Texas is the place to go. But there were some good, good, good distance results there uh, on the men's and women's side and some big names. Yeah, Isai Rodriguez ran 28.08, which is good enough to qualify. You got to think about him as a factor in the 10K outdoors. We have yet, mm-hmm. we've yet to see Isai in like a competitive championship style outdoor track race or even indoor because he's kind of been always banged up during his outdoors and indoor seasons. Uh, yeah. But hey, 2808, that means you'll be in it for the 10K. Uh, over at Rally Relays, Mercy Chilean got ran 32 mid. It's pretty good. She, she, very, she beat the whole field by like passed. a minute. Mercy Chilean man. Everyone now knows. I just wish I, th- I just wish people give me a little more you credit for how good she was. Too many shirts. I knew before you knew or something like that. Mercy <laughs> Chilean got stance. Uh, on the men's side, uh, Yaren Nagoose ran 13.40, won the 5K. Um, nice mm. easy 13.40. Could we see a what, – what if Yared, like secretly is going to run the 5K at NCAs as a prep for 15 at trials, a little change of pace? Like him and Cole Hawker are like, Yo, let's just do the 5K. And they're like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then all the 5K runners are like, crap. What are we doing? Um, and then uh, two Villanova guys ran sub 340, which is, you know, sub 340 isn't crazy, but 339 at the NCA level is pretty good. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. Dolan and Casey Comer. So all around some solid efforts. It's weird. NCA running right now, it's all about just getting qualifiers for being top 32, which is going to be a mm-hmm. storyline that we'll talk about as the season progresses, because I looked into it. There are going to be some fast people who finish like 33rd to like 48. Right. I mean, I know like Mm -hmm. if you, if, if you're good, you'll, you'll be top 10. Right. But in these Mm -hmm. distance events, it's going to be kind of wild. Right. Especially in the 10 K and the 5 K to see where that cutoff becomes. Cause I think in the West, you could argue that it'll take like 1345 to get in. Which is pretty quick. So, didn't you say? Didn't you have a different time last episode? Maybe thirteen forty-two. Well, that's what I said last time. I thought you said slower, and I thought you just made it faster. So people oh, relying 48. on forty-eight. Yeah, yeah, that's not familiar. Okay, so if you're relying sorry. on Gordon for what you need to run, maybe just run really so, fast. Just run just faster run, than what I said. Yeah, run thirteen thirty-five or something, just to be you don't think to be one hundred percent safe. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got one of your picks wrong already, which is disappointing. I think people. Want what was the pick see, I got wrong? Uh, well, didn't you have Nigu- you had Nigus losing? Correct. Yeah, to Christian Noble, who didn't run the race, so it doesn't count as a wrong. 
You got to make sure you get your DNFs and your DNSs right, man. No, no, the, man. No, no, no. In the I don't, I don't, track I don't mark field, that against you. Every time <laughs> someone scratches or pulls out, doesn't count. Yeah. So. You get a return on your ticket. You did say Laird's going to have a big weekend, and I saw he won the the pre, he ran the fastest prelim time, so he looks pretty good for, for LSU. So keep an eye on Mr. Terrence Laird. All right, at the end of the show, we're going to do – we got some YouTube comments, a couple emails to read, but now we got to do part two of our bracket extravaganza on the women's side of things. Gordon, we already got a Sweet 16 field for the women. We're going to sub in their track teams and see how it goes. Again, same rules apply as last time. We're using current – current rosters, not all time, and we're taking the basketball bracket and just applying it to track. So here are the 16 teams. Stanford, well, Missouri State, this, Oregon, this, Louisville, South Carolina, Georgia it. Tech, Texas, Maryland, Yukon, nope, Iowa, Michigan, Baylor, NC State, Indiana, Arizona, and Texas A&M. Would you like to say something? I just, yes, I would like to say something. I just only know this. But okay, ESPN's like ESPN's bracket, like games and stuff, they have this thing called a, a second chance bracket. Where you have you get to predict the, the the Sweet Sixteen to the final, right? Mm -hmm. So I took our podcast uh, projection from Wednesday, and I I submitted that as my pick as my bracket. So if, oh, cool! If it works out, where we get an Oregon versus Arkansas, we're gonna win money. So it's gonna be great. So that's the plan. Okay. What's well, funny we you mentioned like, that. hey, we 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 made this bracket based off of uh, track teams, so. It's it's funny you mention that because we got an email from from Tim who said at the beginning of the tourney he used similar logic in his bracket that we did last time like w w with picking track teams. Uh, he says the only real difference is he leaned heavier to the distance side but let some traditional track powerhouses such as Houston and LSU progress past some otherwise strong X-year distance programs. Uh, he said he hadn't watched a single NCAA basketball game this year. But this bracket is performing better than 92% of all ESPN brackets. <laughs> My final four ended up being Oregon, BYU, Arkansas, and Houston, with U of O beating Arkansas in the final. Uh, he said he wanted to get on the flow track bracket madness but missed the cutoff. But seeing how close this prediction came to your recent episode is a consolation prize. So there you go. Well, so, BYU so in the could final be four. Work. BYU in the final four yeah. it didn't work out too well, but you guess three of the other guys are still there, still around, right? Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. What yeah, Oregon. Yeah. Oregon and Houston, right? Is that what he had? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so That's, hey. I like it. I hey, like what it if too. I told you this? What if I told you back in nineteen ninety seven I entered a second chance bracket, not on ESPN, I think it was on CBS Sports, and I was a big Arizona fan, so I picked Arizona to go all the way. And I think I only got one wrong, and I won, I think, second or third place in the entire bracket, and I got a Bill Walton autographed basketball. What if I told you that happened to me? I would believe you. <laughs> Bill Walton autographed basketball? True. I think it was either second Did or third place. I got one I got one wrong. Again, I was just doing homer picks because I was an Arizona fan, and that was the year Arizona beat three number one seeds in the tourney. Oh. So they beat Kansas. They beat Kansas in this in the Sweet 16, and then the Final Four they beat a North Carolina team with Vince Carter and Anton Jameson, and then they beat Kentucky in the final. So basically nobody had that because why would you have Arizona winning the entire thing, uh, beating uh, three number one seeds? But another, uh, at least one other person did because I did not win. I think first place was a Shaq basketball, and then and then my prize was a Bill Walton <laughs> autograph basketball, which. I think I'd kind of rather have a Bill Walton autograph basketball, to be honest. 
I have a Shaq basketball autographed. Oh, okay. What'd you win? But it's like, but it's like faded now. Like the signature is like gone. Because if you think about it, a mark, like a marker on like a basketball, eventually just like it's gonna go away. Yeah. You'd think if there's value in Top Shot, there'd be value in a Bill Walton autographed basketball, but I guess not. People don't care about kids in these days. Don't care about autographs anymore. They want selfies. Yeah, selfies are more valuable than an autograph. But wouldn't you have said kids these days don't care about trading cards, and now trading cards are a thing? I guess not with kids, yeah. but with people. We need to get an NFT business for. We need to get an NFT business for track and field. Yeah, non fungible tokens and track. Is. Yeah, we'll say that's another podcast. That's the baby name podcast. We'll figure that one out. Okay, we'll do 50 50 uh, on that. NFTs and then yeah. baby names. Here we go. First Let's do this. matchup Stanford versus Missouri State. Go ahead. I mean, I think this is like a, this feels like a 116 seed. It's easily Stanford. Mm-hmm. They had a chance to podium on the indoor, they podium on cross country instead. Gotta go with Stanford. Yeah. Missouri State, though, I just want to give them a shout-out for making it this far. If Lincoln was on the show, he'd be <laughs> pumping them up a lot. Springfield, Missouri, they were sixth in the conference, Missouri Valley Conference in cross, and then fifth indoors. But you're right, Stanford advances. Next matchup in that same bracket, which, by the way, for the women's tournament, they're not doing the east, west, midwest, south, because it's all based in Texas. They have, like, the Alamo bracket, the Riverwalk bracket. So I'm just keeping them uh, – in in their in their groups here, their little pods, Oregon versus Louisville, Oregon versus Louisville, closer than you might think, Gordon. Yeah, closer than you might think, but in the end, Oregon has the pedigree. They're going to find a way to sneak out that win. Like you, they both have a good individual, Kendra Chambers. Is that her name? Kemba Nelson. Chalmers. Kemba Nelson. What? <laughs> I think I, I did that same mistake. Yeah, I got that yeah. mistake last time. Ken, I just forgot. Kemba Nelson or Kendra mm-hmm. Nelson? Kemba. Kemba. M. Kemba Nelson. Kemba, like Kemba yep. Walker. Yep. She broke the collegiate record. <laughs> I can't believe yep. I, I don't know her name that well, and she broke the collegiate record. I apologize for that. Uh, so they have that easy one stick. Louisville's got some good throwers, so they mm-hmm. kind of cancel out their sprinters. But I think – there's got to be some random Oregon distance runner out there who can rack up some points over Louisville. So I got to go with Oregon. So Stanford and Oregon advance out of that bracket. Next group, South Carolina versus Georgia Tech. South Carolina scored 10 points indoors in the high jump and the 4 by 4 What do you know about Georgia Tech, Gordon? I don't know much about Georgia Tech. They have Nicole Fagans. She's a good distance runner. Georgia Tech kind of was always like that sneakily, like, hey, maybe Georgia Tech could make the NCAA cross-country meet. Um, mm-hmm. Or like it was a Georgia Tech versus Georgia type debate. But I do think South Carolina, they have some better sprint stars. I mean, Waylon Jonathan came from that school. So got to go with South Carolina. South Carolina it is. Texas versus Maryland. Texas versus Maryland. I I see this as a Texas route here. They were eighth indoors, and I don't know. I haven't seen your outdoor projections, but I'm guessing the Longhorns can rack up some some good points outdoors as well. Yeah, I need to start working on those. Now that you talk about that. I have been working on um, some U.S. top 20s 
so like individual U.S. for the trials. Um, yeah, but yeah, Texas they take this win very easily over Maryland. Yeah, twenty-five points indoors. Maryland did not score at indoors. UConn next bracket: UConn versus Iowa. This gonna be a great matchup on the basketball court here with uh, Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark. But we're talking about in track terms. UConn second in Big East cross country. Gordon, Iowa was third in their conference. Uh, meet indoors, but did not get a team score in cross country. This one could be pretty close. Who you got? I don't know. I mean, all roads point to Iowa, but you know what? I don't. I just think that we got to have some chaos. I don't care what's going to happen. I think we get an upset. I think UConn upsets Iowa. UConn upsets Iowa on the strength of that distance, distance. squad that was again second. Um, I mean, if they win, if they win Big East, they probably go to the the national meet. Yeah, correct. Probably that probably would have been probably would have been enough. They'd still be dancing. Okay, you have UConn there, which on the basketball side of things would be no surprise. They will play the winner of Michigan versus Baylor. Michigan versus Baylor. Now we mentioned this yesterday. The Baylor women, two individual indoor champions, and Aaliyah Miller and Akila Nugent. They were ninth place in the meet. Michigan was second indoors in the conference. And when they went to nationals, they were they got fifth place in the DMR. That was their main highlight. Cross country, they qualified for the meet and finished 17th. I'm leaning Baylor here, I gotta be honest. Yeah, I mean, they were able, they were able to put, I mean, Destiny Collins transferred from Texas. She went up against Jojo in that 5K at the Texas Relays, and uh, they Got were neck and neck for neck and neck for like the first mile and a half of that 5K. <laughs> Eventually, Destiny pulled away from Jojo, uh, and then I think that's what made me realize: Wow, Destiny, she's she's the real deal. She's able to take down Jojo. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Baylor on the backs of obviously their sprinters and uh, and Aaliyah Miller. Lee Miller actually had a really good mm-hmm. 1500 at Texas Relays. Actually, she's what is she closing? Did you see that split? She I saw that she, she ran about she four. Closed t- in 60, she closed in 63. She ran 423, but she closed in 63. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go yeah. with Baylor. She's sharp right now. Yeah. Baylor moves on. They'll play UConn. But let's do the final bracket here. Final region. NC State versus Indiana. <sighs> NC State. Going to be tough to beat just on the power the back of their distance runners, second cross country overall. They also scored a few points indoors as well. Indiana was 19th in cross country and sixth in the conference meet indoors. Whenever I'm picking March Madness women's track and field slash cross country themed brackets, yeah. If your team has there's 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 one rule you always got to follow. And that rule what is, is if your team has Caitlin Tui, they advance. So <laughs> I got to go by that rule and NC State advances. Okay, NC State over Indiana. Yeah. Both both programs put a big emphasis on distance running and right now NC State's stronger. So it's a that's a fair pick. Last one in the round of 16, Arizona versus Texas A&M. I mean, you did pick Arizona to go all the way. That got you that Bill Walton autograph. I'm not sure. That's 97. That was a long time ago. That autograph mm-hmm. probably is 
Do you still have it? Where do you keep it? Do you keep it like in a your shed or something? Where is it? Well, so the ball, the ball was really weird. Uh, the ball was deflated. The ball was like um, one of those balls that's meant to be signed. Like half of it looked like a real basketball, and the other half was white, so it had like a easier yeah uh, spot to sign. I kept it. I've moved it from apartment to apartment to house to house. Currently, I would not be able to tell you where it is, but it was basically de- de- the whole entire ball was deflated. Much oh, like okay. probably this Arizona pick because I'm going Texas yeah. A&M. Yeah, me too. Texas A&M. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Elite eight here. Stanford v. Oregon. Who do you got? This is where uh, Oregon's lack of distance uh, showing up. Lack of recent good distance runners coming up to mm-hmm. bite them. Uh, I mean, Oregon didn't even – run five women at the Pac-12 championships, right? They didn't even get a, a finished score. Right. So uh, yeah. I got to go with Stanford here. They get the win over Oregon, changing of the guard in the Pac-12. Time for Stanford. South Carolina versus Texas. South Carolina versus Texas. Strength on strength in some of their events. Yeah, Texas, though, they're good. Um, they, they're better than what they're – finish was at indoors i feel i think they'll probably be a better mm-hmm. outdoor team um tara davis she's jumping out of her mind they got some, some good all-around sprinters some field events so you got to go with texas yukon versus baylor I'm telling you baylor baylor they're, they're doing baylor. good they got they got they got the champions and they got some the diverse talent from short distances all the way up to the 10k. Got to go with Baylor. Mm. NC State Texas A and M. I think that's where NC State's run ends. Correct. But there's that Caitlin Tui rule, right? And the question is, can you apply the rule twice? And I think in this case you can't. What about the Tyra so Gittins rule? Yeah, I got that. There the Tyra Gittins <laughs> over overrules the. The Caitlin Tui and the I think Mo overrules the uh, Kelsey Camille uh, rule. So, yeah, go. got to go with Texas A&M. Okay, so then our final four, Stanford, Texas, Baylor, Texas A&M. We'll just keep going in order. Stanford versus Texas. Stanford versus Texas. You know, I just feel like Stanford is good at track because, like, they're able to kind of – go heavy on the distance that no one else is really doing because they have all those good milers and 3K, 5K. But when you really yeah. think about it, it's 18 events. Texas is just more born and bred to be a, a all-around track school, so you got to go with Texas. Okay, Texas goes to the championship where they will face Baylor or Texas A&M? So, this now, is the Leah Miller. Mo rule. Leah Miller, a thing mo. Speaking of a thing mo, she was supposed to race with Leah Miller in the 1500 at Texas Relays, but she decided to pull a DNS on us. I do not start. I think this comes down to Texas A&M putting a thing mo in her actual best event, which is the 800, mm. so that she they can finally use her to defeat an Leah Miller. Therefore, Texas A&M moves on. So okay, Texas so A&M versus Texas. Yeah, a Texas battle here. 
Are you going to go event by event again like you did with the men and break this down between Texas and Texas A&M? Well, here's the thing about this. We actually are going to know. So maybe we – you know what? There is a Texas A&M versus Texas dual meet happening in a few weeks. We literally have – Okay, so So TBD you're saying? We're TBDing this. We're actually going to have – the actual March Madness women's track and field themed bracket result winner be chosen for us. We're just going to see it on the track. When do they they compete? We'll find out what day this is. Looking it up, right? It is. I'm looking this, this weekend. This is... The next weekend, April third. So April third, okay, next good. weekend, we will have we will crown our March Madness women's track and field themed bracket. Texas Sam versus Texas. <laughs> Uh, it's being hosted in Texas. I mean, oh, I'm just hoping it's hosted yeah. in Texas. It's being hosted in Austin. So oh. I'm sure yeah, after I'll go to yeah. the meet and I'll ask the coaches. So like, what's your starting five? I'll ask them all about <laughs> the importance of how does it feel to win the flow track bracket challenge, all this stuff. So that'll be yeah, really yeah, nice. yeah. That was a great, great promo for that meet, by the way. Yeah, you're you welcome. Think that was planned by you. Longhorn Network. Yeah. What's you really plan? left the breadcrumbs there. All the breadcrumbs so, yeah. led if you to the find out, Texas Texas. Yeah. There you go. Do you think I wonder if that'd be interesting though if both those teams are still in by next week, too. Ooh, like, yeah. What's the women's what's the women's uh, final four schedule? Are we could they actually be playing each other no, in basketball? I feel like they'll probably team? Well maybe it'll be cool if we have the this timing's result, all weird. Right? Yeah, time is all weird because of yeah. COVID. But if we have this result, and then we do get a Texas versus Texas A&M final, and then everyone, we can tweet out, like, the T-first results. Hey, we already know who's going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how so crazy would it be uh, if the score is the same, too? <laughs> Could that be possible? I just get, Could a dual meet track school track score be the same as a, a basketball game? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I think – well, it'd have to be a high-scoring basketball game. So Texas is a sixth seed. Texas – that for them to get there, they would have to – they'd have to pull some upsets. They are in the same region as South Carolina, who's number one. So they'd have to beat Maryland, number two, and then beat South Carolina, that's number one. This is going to be tricky. Man, I'm excited. Well, Maryland's a lot of good, good track uh, teams. South Carolina lost Wadeland Jonathan, so we're good. We're good. It applies to basketball as well. So the men, man, this is interesting. So they got the, because ordinarily the, the Sweet 16 would have been yesterday and today, but that all got pushed to this weekend, correct? So yeah, it's because they're all staying in a hotel, so they want to kind of just do in a weird, yeah. they, they can take away a travel day because they know they're already there and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I just going to be a good, going to be a good hoops weekend is all I'm saying. Yeah. And then. In, into next week as well, too. When I'm uh, hanging out at the hospital, if I have a moment, I'll just flip on the TV and, and watch some hoops. Hey, honey, okay, there you what, go. So that one's that? a TV. Be checking, checking your scores. Yeah, she likes hoops as well, too. Okay, there we go. So we have not the winner, but we have the final two that will be decided literally on the track next week. Good job, Gordon, for coming up with that one. Um, okay, <laughs> should, I read some of these, should I read some of these YouTube comments here? Travis sent these along. Do you like this segment or do you not like it? No, that's good. You, you okay. should always – we need people to like and subscribe, so we got to read their comments if we want them to like and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, okay. Part of the game. 
Is that out? All right. Um, let's see. Let's go through these here. Man, hold on. Sorry, I'm all I'm all out of sorts here. You're not prepared. Uh, go oh, here we go. No, I got him right here. All right, YouTube comments here. Gregory says, I hope Gordon's obsession with Abby Steiner would end with her winning the 200. Should have known it would translate to now him arguing for her to win every track athlete of the year, Bowerman, et cetera, until she graduates. <laughs> Yo, speaking go. of Bowerman, I have some, I already have beefs with that. So Bowerman Watchlist announced their like post indoor watch list. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was an athlete who was on it and an athlete who wasn't on it, and it baffled me. Okay. They put Trey Cunningham on it, who got, like, what, third or fourth in the 60 hurdles? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they didn't put Wesley Kiptu, who, like, ran out of his mind in the 5K. How's that possible? The watch lists aren't binding, correct? No, but, like, if you come out of that okay. meet... Who I think Wesley Kiptu would be in your top ten for track athlete of the year over Trey yeah, Cunningham. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Correct. All right, we'll keep it moving that. here on YouTube comments. I get you. Sorry. I get you. I know. I'm I'm, I'm just you get you, you open moving. up the floodgates with the Bowerman talk. Sorry. Hey, that was a YouTube comment here. Uh comparing, let's see. Comparing track to the NBA for awards is dumb because basketball is a team sport and track is an individual sport. I know there's a team element involved, but you don't have to rely on your teammates to win races, whereas basketball players do to win games. True, but we're just going to compare everything to basketball when we get the chance because we enjoy it. Um, Alex says, everyone that joined Flow Track Bracket needs compensation for this year's craziness. <laughs> compensation? This guy's like making a demand? <laughs> have his people talk to my people. There, like... there you go. Okay, so I mean, it was pretty crazy. Loyola, Chicago. I want, uh, dude. What if Oral Roberts makes it all the way? Gets How the crazy win? would that be? Who's who's winning? Oh wait, we updated it last time. There hasn't been any games. Never mind. Uh, okay, so Travis posted the thing about me betting my house that no allows wins gold next to a picture of a large house that is definitely not mine. Just for the record, <laughs> I want people to know that that's not my house. Someone said Safan Hassan is a far better bet. She delivers when it counts, regardless of the competition. I I would not bet my house on Safan Hassan because there's number one, we don't know what event she's going to be in. And she recently lost. Five. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Helen O'Berry is is still there. Um, you know, if she drops down to the fifteen hundred, Faith Kipyegon is still there. I guess with her, maybe you get two for the price of one because she's probably going to get in, in two events. But yeah, she's so no vulnerability. Uh, someone else said, "Watch out for Stephen Gardner in the two hundred against Lyles." But obviously, Lyles is a big favorite over Gardner, and he's more of a four hundred meter guy. Yeah, Gardner's yeah, 400. he's four hundred guy, four hundred guy. Um, okay, who will win the win the win the men's five k outdoors? Someone wants to talk about the eight hundred instead. Dylan says eight hundred with Dixon, Charlie Hunter, Chalky Hadeli, Isaiah Jewett, and Carlton Orange will have a crazy eight hundred race where five guys can go sub one forty six, and there's others who can be in that category as well. You agree with that? Well, you forgot to mention Festus Legat. So Festus Legat, how do we forget? Um, what do you think? I, sub sub one forty six. Yeah, but like I think 
what we need. Like, if, I think now with the rise of what we've seen with like the Donovan Braziers of this world, I think I'm not really mm-hmm. impressed with the fast 800 final unless like we're seeing 144s. Like 145s isn't that. I think we've developed over the years to make 145s more normal. Where yeah, you know, I think to win races you want run 44 to win all time races you run 143. That's what I think. Got another one here on the on the 5K here. I'm gonna go Mance, Grahalva, Hawker, Eamon Kemboy, Nico Young, Morgan Beetlescombe, one of the Notre Dame guys, and Casey Klinger in scoring position. The Iowa State guys will focus on the 10K and might be burnt out from the double. That's a that's a bold pick it's a there. Bold take. No Say State, no guys. Iowa State. <laughs> no Iowa State guys. But the, the from, two this is previous... from O K O N H zero W P. Send all your complaints to him, Ames. Yeah. Uh, someone said, "Shout out, Fog Dog." I'm willing to bet my house. I'm willing to bet my house that both Oklahoma State, uh, both Iowa State guys score in the 5K. I'm willing to bet my house on that. Well, you don't have a house, so I mean, I no spoiler alert. I have a picture of a house. So I can bet the photo <laughs> NFT it. You know? get, get Travis to Photoshop you in those one of those cribs houses. Uh, okay, yeah, I think that's. Perfect. Are those all I'm trying to see if there's any other ones that he sent along here. Uh someone someone liked that you mentioned Adam Fogg in your rant about running fast. And they said shout out hey. to Fog Dog. So there you go. That's what he called Fog Dog. I like that. Yeah, it's what it says. I mean, that's a good nickname, right? Yeah, Drake as sort as of bulldogs, right? Fog Dog, Bulldog. Dude, so yeah. much dog going on. It's good. Yeah, I it's love good. that. Uh, okay, we, um, we got this email oh, as well too. I wanted to read. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No, you're you're in charge of the podcast. Well, Justin, who begrudgingly, <laughs> Justin, who sent along the Arkansas schedule about the Hayward meet that set off Gordon on that rant, he followed up. He said, "Thanks for the rant. As a former media member, an issue I have is the very short heads up we get about track event." Uh, it affects media too. Not everyone can drop what they're doing and run out to cover a big time event. Most already have work plans for the weekend, two weeks out, a month out. So those original plans happen and the track events get less coverage by mass media. Maybe a simple tweet or a last second mention in the sports block of the local news at best. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And it's no, funny. Listen, no one I, wants to hear that rant, us complain. Rant, Oregon, about, Oregon announced their schedule after the rant. Do you think it was related? Right? I think it was. No, it wasn't. Anyway, what were you saying? I interrupted you. I'm being rude. No, I'm saying if the if when we eventually go to the podcast being live, you can just attribute anything you say in the podcast to what happens in reality of like, hey, I said that at nine fifteen AM and by nine eighteen there was a tweet. Must have been me. They listen to the show. Just you, your opinion of yourself can get uh can get bigger and bigger. I was just gonna mention the um that no one really wants to hear the media complain. So like we're not and you you weren't complaining from a media perspective. You were just talking no. about it from a general interest fan perspective. Say you live in a city nearby and want to check out the meet if possible or you want to follow the team or just know what's going on. It's not that far away. It's not as if we're talking about a meet in the middle of August or something. This is a meet that's coming up in in a couple weeks and some schools do a better job of it than others and obviously covid has presented some 
some challenges. But this is not, you're right, it's not just related to one school or one even level because this happens at the pro level, this happens in college, everything. Yep. Everywhere. So there we go. I mean, and if you think about it, I know that that schedule thing, actually people in the world athletics recognize that. I mean, they talk about when they created this like continental tour Mm -hmm. stuff, like silver, bronze, and gold. They wanted to do that because they recognize, hey, we our sports shouldn't survive off of pop-up meets. It should be survival Mm -hmm. off of like established, these are world athletics level track and field meets. And so obviously you had the Diamond League, but Diamond League wasn't enough because Diamond League, like, all right, yeah, you have that, but that's like how many people are Diamond League eligible, right? You need to have the non – so that's the whole point of the Continental Tour. Speaking of the Continental Tour, it's all live and flow. So all the gold meets live and flow in Australia, Canada, and the U.S. Get ready for that. It's going to be a good time. That starts in like what, May? Some Continental Tour action. We need to come up with a – we need to come up with a continental tour segment, like some some like. Should we have like ooh? We could like have like a Co- continental breakfast, and breakfast like we talk very like yeah. Talk yeah. very like that Jordan and Peel ske- sketch. That'd be fun. Key and Peel, Key and Peel, <laughs> Jordan and yeah. Peel. That's yeah, Key and Peel. Yeah, just go buy the worst Danishes and the most watered down orange juice you can find, and we make picks on who's going to win yeah. while eating the bad danishes and the watered down orange juice. I'm for it. Yeah. And then like the, the the cream cheese that comes in the little singular units that you never see anywhere other than at a hotel with the continental breakfast. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, it is frustrating. The other part that's frustrating and some athletes recognize this because they'll say, I'm going to tell you where I'm competing as if it's this big <laughs> initiative like this huge undertaking, but there's so many athletes out there who are reluctant to tell you their race schedule. And I, maybe a lot of it's just because financial reasons, like they haven't locked in a race because this meet director hasn't figured this out or the agent hasn't figured that out. But the net result is never knowing where an athlete competes, even the most high profile down to the just last person who gets into these diamond league races or even continental tour type races it's really horrible to follow if you never know who's running where and athletes are never saying it. like they'll say race week and they'll put a thing on instagram you're like what what race and you never post about this you didn't just figure out on monday that you're racing on saturday that didn't yeah. happen there's too much planning especially uh especially at those higher levels like you didn't just stumble into it. Oh, I was going through the internet and I saw that there was this community 5k and I just decided to sign up. No, like there was thought that went into that, but I think people, they're just hesitant to do it. I don't know if it's cause they don't want to commit to things or if they don't want to be held account if they drop out later. But the net result is pretty, pretty tough for fans to follow like where people are competing and when they should be like Justin said, when should you plan on watching? <laughs> when should you try to clear your calendar? Oh, hey, this meet's going to be good because my favorite athlete's competing. None of that is considered. Yeah. it. I mean, not not to – I could go on another rant about something else, but I'll, I'll save that for another time, another day. Uh, 
yeah. But yeah, the the biggest the biggest barrier people think the barrier is dare I say it, a paywall, but the biggest barrier is structure. That's honestly the biggest like you know when the basketball games are, you know mm-hmm. that Zion Williamson is going to play this person. You know when they're hurt, how long they're going to be hurt for, like you're told yeah. 4 to 6 weeks, okay. And all this stuff, there's just so much structure. And the reason why there's structure is cuz the same meet director is in charge of every basketball game. The same meet director is yeah. in charge of every uh, football game. It's a different meet director all over the world, different languages, mm-hmm. different, you know, it's just not, and it's just different meet Agents. director for every shoe company. Different There's age. so many yeah, people involved. Companies. Yeah. And none of them are all on the same, like, uh, mindset of like the same goal. All their goals are yeah. like their individual goal of their athlete or their meet mm-hmm. or this, that, the other thing. Um, and like to, to, to be honest, the only way I think the sport would get closer to being easier to like, I think the best the sport could ever get, which this will never happen, would be literally World Athletics being the meet director of every of like every major track meet, and it all being connected, it all being like. If you want to be in this meet, you got to do this many races. Like, it's just being super, like, hands-on the way the NBA is super hands-on on all their basketball games. But you're not going to get that because that, that's a huge financial commitment that probably doesn't have a return on investment and all that stuff. They kind of – World Athletics likes just being the governing body and, you know, this meet director is willing to spend $20,000 of its own money to try to put on a meet, you know, and not, you know, oh, yeah, here's a – a waiver or whatever, you know, here's a, a yeah. voucher of $500 here and there, you know, whatever. But that's the main pr- problem. It's, it's all segmented. Um, and it's segmented by different people, different teams, agents, athletes, yeah, all this stuff. So that's the main problem, but that's also track yeah. and field. Track and field isn't designed the way a regular season of a major sport is. So yeah, I don't know. I, but I that's what say... you need. You need, yeah. A lot of these things I cut track slack for because it is – I think it's the most difficult sport to manage. And yeah, I know, hey, I, I probably have that opinion because it's the only one that I cover 24-7. But you look at the challenges of track, they just don't exist in most sports and, and maybe any sport, at least at this level. Because you have so many events in one. It involves so many different – countries in one so many different uh, types of events that need different sorts of approaches because you could prescribe one solution that would really work for a field event that may not be applicable to distance and then uh, there you go the thing that you wanted to centralize gordon that you wanted to have complete control over well then it sort of breaks apart because well but ah this doesn't this doesn't really make sense for the 200, right? Or this doesn't make sense for the steeple. And then there you get back to the original problem, which is, okay, let's just get everybody do what's in their own best interest. And then when you do that, you you end up with this result. But I'm with you. The way, the way forward is for the best people to compete more frequently and to communicate that to the public and to create some sort of coherent narrative and, and buy-in of why they should be interested in all these meets. And a lot of good people do compete frequently, but they're not competing at the same place at the same time. 
in the, and having someone overseeing that makes a whole lot of sense. Someone who's looking out for the, the whole entity as opposed to just a certain event group or a certain athlete. Yeah. I mean, and I'll end with this, but there was a tweet um, by Clayton Murphy where his tweet told the, the quiet part out loud, the secret part out loud about why our sport will never be at the same level as a major sport. He tweeted this a few days ago. In 90 days, you got to be top three at the Olympic trials. It doesn't matter what you've done, who you are, or how you do it. You just have to be top three. So to be honest, nothing else matters until Eugene in June. That phrase, to be honest, the an Olymp, he's an Olympic medalist. He's 100% one of our top, right. One of our top, right. top runners in the nation. And he said, nothing else matters until Eugene in June. He basically said the quiet part out loud is, our sport doesn't matter except for one race. And how is that sustainable? Like, that's why we have people time trialing here and just needing to do their own thing and not feeling the need to talk about the full set schedules, uh, people yeah. dodging all this. is because he just said it. It's true. And the reason why nothing else matters, he's right, and he should play that game because if he doesn't play that game, he'll be on the outside looking in, not making the Olympics. But the reason why nothing else matters is because we created a sport that only has one important event, which is the global championship. And until we figure out the way to create a sport where there isn't just one thing and nothing else matters, you know, I mean, even in like, yeah, you could say that like, but the thing is about like in football, the only thing that matters is winning a Super Bowl. True. But you, you can't just like wait for February and enter the Super Bowl and then play. Like in order to get to the Super Bowl, you need to have yeah. a consistency of showing up consistently for an entire three month period, then show up yeah. consistently for high pressure events like the playoffs for like another month period, and then you get to go. Like you can't just run one race in the middle of nowhere in the woods, run twelve fifty eight, then do nothing, and then show up, and that's considered mm -hmm. a, a season. Like imagine if in order to get to the Olympics. It wasn't just a, a standard or just a, a trial, one one trial race, right? It was like you had to go through a gauntlet of five months of being mm -hmm. on top of your game in order to get to that moment, you know? But that'll never yeah. happen. Yeah. And he said the quiet part. Yeah. Nothing well, else I, matters until June. I, Maybe I we, think should a... recognize, we, we should make July matter and September matter and May matter. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a way to do that with – with still keeping the trials in the Olympics because you're right, they're not going away. There's a way to just make them matter more than they, they do now. And maybe it's just creating, putting a huge financial incentive into competing more frequently because doing the things that you talked about before, where there's a little bit more control, where you know who's going to show up, um, when, and against who. Like that's where you're never going to have a three months qualification period for a meet because it's just not how track works at any, at any level, right? Middle school, high school, like it's all about kind of showing up in the postseason and, and qualifying through but what you can do on the pro side of things is create enough financial incentive to where people show up and run in more interesting meets 
so that way we at least have stuff to talk about <laughs> and fans yeah. can get engaged and their fans ha- have a reason to tune into a meet in March and April and not just wait until the Olympic trials. Like this may be, I mean, athletes might not like this, but let's say I'm not, how much do you get if you win worlds? What's like the prize bonus? What do you get? Let's just make up a number. Yeah, it's up. probably not a lot. Let's 100K? say it's a hundred thousand dollars. Imagine yeah. they're like, all right, you don't get a hundred thousand dollars running worlds. You win twenty five thousand dollars for winning worlds part one, twenty five thousand dollars for winning worlds part two. You call it differently. You don't call it that, but basically divide mm-hmm. worlds into four. So therefore, they in order for them to get the full hundred thousand dollars, they got to win four championship meets. You know, aka a major yeah. system that I've been talking about. The way you win the Masters, then win the U.S. Open, win the British Open, and PGA. You know, whatever. So Wimbledon, sixty k, sixty k for gold, thirty k for. This was twenty nineteen. You know what? And I also we, think, we joked about. When you this. Think about it. That's probably less than what they're getting sponsored. They probably make more money just in their sponsorship than. In yeah, exactly. Prize money. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about this before, and this is another basketball tie-in. So for those of you who don't like the hoops, there we go. I apologize, but this is the first time I thought of this. I think so. This could be completely off base, but you and I were talking off pod a couple weeks back about the dunk contest, and the only way you'll get people to go into the dunk contest, big names into the dunk contest, because right now it's mostly people that are not big names is to just yeah. throw down a huge amount of money, right? Yeah. Just say, hey, the dunk contest winner gets 10 million, I don't know, whatever Five the number million. would be. Five million. Five million, bucks. 10 million, what, whatever. Yeah, and then you could do it to charity or they could keep, whatever. You, you could figure out something to where it's like, all right, now all the, the, the big stars, the people, the fans want to see dunk will compete. With someone, we go back in time a little bit for to Bolt because obviously he was the big star. But it almost seems that's what had to happen for Bolt to show up to meets towards the end of his career. It's like, who can come up with the most ridiculous? Because you saw some of the meets he would compete in, right? And it wasn't always Diamond Leagues. Some of the stuff was uh, lower tier meets, but it was the places where they could throw down whatever, quarter million dollars for an an appearance fee. And I wonder if that's (laughs) – if if track is more similar to – luring people to the dunk contest than any other sport of, uh, than any other part of, of team sports. Like that's the most analogous thing of like, they just need to get a huge chunk of money out there or relative to their salary. Right. Not obviously 5 million, $10 million, not, not realistic, but as a percentage of their salary or their sponsorship deal, like you need to get that offered to people for these May, June, whatever races, so that they come against each other. Because this, this the element of a season isn't enough. The element of Diamond League points is not enough. It just needs to be money. Yeah. You think that's but the problem any, is, any, how, is there anything to that? Yeah, but the problem is how do you get that money? The money doesn't grow in trees. Like the yeah, NBA yeah, yeah. is a billion dollar industry. World athletics is not a yeah. billion dollar industry. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they yeah. need that's you gotta figure out how do you make money. You know, I'm just but wondering if the, the mindset is, is sponsors. Similar. It's just use sponsors, guys. Yeah, I'm sorry, but sponsors don't just give out money because f- they're called because they are a sponsor. They do it because yeah. they think they're going to make a return on their investment. But 
But like, why do people not, why does, I don't know, why does, um, I'm trying to think of who would be awesome in the dunk contest right now. Who would be awesome in the dunk contest right now? If you could see anybody in the dunk contest. I mean, we want to see LeBron. Okay. You know, he's old, but I would want to see Zion Williamson. Yeah, Yeah, Zion. Okay, Imagine that. Old versus new. Oh, that'd be crazy. Just them doing it. But the reason why they, but what's the reason why they say they don't do it, right? Is the reason is like risk of embarrassment. That's what you hear, right? Because you don't want, you have so much to lose. They don't say that. Yeah. Maybe risk risk of of health, but in reality, it's risk of embarrassment. Right. But it's risk in general. Isn't that the same reason why we don't see more people race and is particularly more people race against rivals in their event? I'm not quite ready. I don't want to take a loss or, or the health thing, right? All those things are, are part of it, but the, the, it's, it's all risk assessment. Basically it's cost benefit. It's true. And, and, but then you get, then someone says, okay, would you take this risk for $5 million? And then they say, ah, my knee's feeling a little bit better. I think I can, I think I do a couple dunks. I think I can try. I think I can risk losing at this point. Um, Yeah. So that's where I see the, a loose connection, but maybe a connection to, to what we're dealing with here. Again, the amount of money is never going to rival it, but I'm just talking about if you can put together um, something that is like, would have that much impact on their bottom line. You know, what would actually be good that world hmm. athletics should really do is they should get a sit down with the running marketer person for like the major brands nike adidas puma new balance and sit them in a room and talk to them and be like i know they may not want it but like be like all right how do you incentivize your athletes because they all have a a contract right Mm -hmm. the athletes are basically doing what nike tells them to do what adidas tells them to do we saw them draw random races because nike told them you got to run 10 times right yeah but they and i guarantee all these contracts they are told you are only valuable to us when you make Olympic teams and world teams. So therefore they're like, okay, I'm not valuable for them by showing my face all the time throughout the entire year. I am valuable to them by being top three. And so therefore, if everyone is doing that, it forces everyone to do segmentation and all that stuff. But if world athletics said, all right, we want you to tell these at like to incentivize athletes to do this instead. If you incentivize mm-hmm. them, that's about collecting wins. Like imagine yeah. if it's like you get paid per win and not per making a team, then it'd be like, Oh, I need a race. If, if an mm-hmm. athlete is told they get like $10,000 for every time they beat a ranked athlete or something like a certain like yeah. caliber athlete, do you think they're gonna just wait till the trials to run? No, they're gonna be like, all right, let's let's get let's let's get together and run because one of us is gonna make some money. Let's go. Let's let's uh yeah, let's Eric Sawinski this thing up and start running, right? And I think then World Athletics would get a lot more. They'll be able to see them racing each other and it'll be easier to market and people will be like excited yeah. about it and there'll be more opportunities. It all come basically Nike, Adidas, Puma, New Balance are the ones who are cr- making the sport the way that they are. And if World Balance and, – and maybe Nike, they're like, well, 
we just care about the Olympics. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So then there maybe World Athletics, maybe World Athletics should be paying the major sponsors to change their contracts to then make their athletes, you know, because World Athletics isn't paying the athletes. It's Nike paying the athletes. It's Adidas paying the athletes. World Athletics gives them prize money occasionally, but that's we gotta go to the source, right. and the source is Nike, Adidas. Hey man, they if they if all of a sudden it was we don't care if you make the Olympics, we just want you to win multiple times at, mm-hmm. at if it's number of continental tour wins, they would yeah. be like every continental tour meet those fifty meets would be stacked because everyone would be like yeah let's go make some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, yeah. it's like, well, it's you're right. Top three in the one race a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I brought up Bolt earlier, that's kind of weird, right? That's kind of weird because there's not another Bolt. Yeah. There's there's Bolt, and he can make this huge income outside of it. The Sawinski model is way more common. Like, there's more more athletes like Sawinski than there are like Usain Bolt. And you've seen that. You don't see it as much as I would probably expect of people just going and racing a ton because they're trying to cobble together uh, a life, right? They're trying to make a living in the sport. They're trying to get to next year and they're trying to move on. And there's been a couple athletes that I've noticed throughout the years who just all of a sudden one year you see it, they're racing all over the globe because they figured out where, okay, there's prize money. I can go here and then I can go here and then this is going to help me there. But yeah, writ large, there's not. It's, It's just this huge emphasis on 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 top three or bust so basically you're saying try to just incentivize diamond league continental tour type victories so then those races get flooded with with really good people yeah and it, and it's not world athletics saying here there's prize money come here they're like you're not my boss nike's my boss mm-hmm. and they tell me yeah go top three or you're fired so like all right mm-hmm. I guess they're going to listen. I mean, that's basically what they do. They basically tell their – if you're told we will fire you unless you're not top three, are you going to bother, like we said, taking the risk of doing this meet and that meet? No. You're going to be like, all right, shit. That's mm-hmm. the only, oh, I just curse. I'm not supposed to curse anymore. All right. All right. I'll do whatever that leads towards the top three. And sometimes it works, right, because it's like a buildup yeah. and it kind of falls in the structure. But if – I mean – if Nike said, but that Nike does that because I think the more and more we think about it, I think those running apparels, they, there's so much, we created such a prestige to global championships. Yeah. Yeah. This brands but don't it, care about who wins the Hoka Lolo classic or whatever. They care about things that are called USA champion world. It could be both. Right. But it could be both. They could still yeah. incentivize top three, but also say, hey, there's going to be some incentive to to win, not just show up, but to win uh, these these other meets that aren't the Olympics or the Olympic trials. And maybe, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's a way to pro- promote them more throughout the year by doing that, right? Get their, get their races in front of more and more, more people, get their logo in front of more and more people. Interesting thought there. You lay you left me with a lot to, to ponder during my week away. So I thank you for that, Gordon. Um, the email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can write to Gordon, who's not gonna cuss anymore. We got a uh, email yeah. that said, Hey Gordon, don't cuss. We said both of us, but I don't remember cussing, so I'm just gonna pin that one on you if I ever did. Um, we're not we're not trying to get the the E rating here, but we'll leave so it there. Podcast 
just going to be me the next week. See how I do. Hopefully. You got some guests lined up, I heard. I heard you got some guests lined up. up. Okay. Got some popular guests. Yeah. So hopefully. Popular guests. I was dragging this thing down. Yeah. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Follow us on Twitter at (laughs) FlowTrack Podcast. Thanks to Alon for producing. I wish you all the best. There's the music. Next week. Gordon. Good luck with your birth. birth.